Welcome to Rising Stars, where Miriam Knight, publisher of New Consciousness Review, interviews exciting new voices in the world of progressive and transformational books, films, and ideas who offer intriguing perspectives on life, the universe, and everything in between. Join us as we celebrate the conscious awakening and explore many expressions of consciousness in action. Welcome to the Rising Stars Show. I am Miriam Knight. And on ncreview.com, we review many of the books and films contributing to the global shift in consciousness. Now, here on Rising Stars, we celebrate some of the best transformational writers you may not yet have heard about. I will be introducing you to two or three of these authors each show, and I think you'll find their perspectives intriguing, and they just might add a few more pieces to the puzzle of who we are and all we can become. Today, our first guest is Dr. Karen Khan. Karen became a family doctor and tried to be everything to everyone, working exclusively in rural and urban, medically underserved populations, until she sucked succumbed to fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome. Already having been trained in acupuncture, she sought out the help of natural healers, nutritionists, and spiritual teachers in order to heal what was supposed to be her incurable condition. Through her journey of self-healing, she was able to integrate some of the best teachings available worldwide and share them with her patients, healing them as well as herself. She hosts a weekly radio show, The Karen Khan Show, and is the author of a number one Amazon bestseller, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Karen Khan to the show. Welcome, Karen. Thank you so much, Miriam. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Oh, thank you, Karen. You know, there are a lot of books out there on the market dealing with chronic pain. It is such a pervasive um, issue that people are dealing with. Why did you decide to write yours? Well, um, two main reasons. Uh, One is because I have my own perspective on how we can heal this symptom, chronic pain. And I found that in my office when I was dealing with patients one-on-one, I really didn't have the time to teach them all the different aspects. You know, they're the spiritual aspects, the emotional, the mental, the nutritional aspects. And I couldn't find a resource out there to really encompass all of what I was trying to teach in my office. So I thought, well, you know what, I I better start writing this stuff down (laughs) and uh, started, you know, putting the intention out there to write this book so it would supplement what I was doing with my patients on a daily basis. And the second reason is actually a selfish reason. (laughs) Well, sort of selfish. I actually had a, um, an invitation from Biography TV to do a little educational stint on TV for them on energy medicine and acupuncture. And so I was chosen you know, to help them with this project. And they said, well, you know, uh, you know, part of this is for you too. So do you want to have people go to your website? Do you have a book to sell? And I'm thinking, wow, I really should write this book now that they're good. I'm going to be on TV. And so I told them, yes, I have this book to sell, you know, made this book cover and I had a deadline. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I better get this deadline. I was so, um, enthused with, um, sharing my knowledge about the uh, part of the book where I say it's the most important chapter in the book called Brain Balance, which I discovered, which was a major, major block to people's healing was because of our current 
uh, toxic state in in the in the world, uh, electromagnetic radiation, toxins. People's brain balances were really out of whack compared to say thirty years ago, and they weren't healing well. So I really want to share this through this you know this TV video thing, and um, and that's one of the reasons why I was so. Um, you know, I just felt it was so important that this message come out and therefore I had to write the book. And so I had the pressure to write mm-hmm. the book and had no idea it was going to be 400 <laughs> pages. Well, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm curious about this brain balance. Is it electromagnetic? Is it nutritional? Is it toxic? Is mm-hmm. it spiritual? Well, you know, that, that's a great question, and it's kind of all of the above. Uh, each person has their own issues. But, for example, 30 years ago, we didn't have the plethora of wireless devices that we do now. So almost every child has a cell phone now. Almost everyone I know has wireless Internet. And come to find out, you know, there are certain countries uh, in the world that don't allow that in their schools, whereas in America, we are putting it in the schools, and we're wondering why our children are reacting with, you know, increased um, attention deficit and irritability problems. And so it does affect our brains. And there's a lot of science behind it, too, that it really affects our physiology, this kind of electromagnetic radiation. But you're right. You said other things, too, like the toxins in our food, uh, water, you know, between fluoride and genetically modified foods and uh, monosodium glutamate, which comes in many different forms and packaged foods, the abundance of sugar uh, in our diets. There's a lot of different reasons. And then there's the spiritual, emotional reasons that, you know, most people think, oh, yeah, that's that's stress, you know, Uh, and they think, well, I'm stressed. But it could be more than just emotional stress. When I asked a bunch of people at a at a event recently, um, I was invited by the Kiwanis to do a lecture on stress, and I asked people, "So put up your hands uh, and tell me what do you think constitutes stress?" And almost everybody thought about relational issues, so problems with my wife or my job or that kind of thing. But no one picked out things that have to do with, you know, we talked about earlier, the electromagnetic toxins, Mm -hmm. our food supply, water supply, they had no idea. And then the spiritual stress is really, you know, can be really out there. And in fact, that's one of the areas where I have, it's not even mentioned in the book, but, um, you know, more interest and passion right now, because I find more recently that people can literally have a brain imbalance from a spirit or spiritual imbalance that can be attached to a piece of jewelry or for example, recently I saw someone who's had a family member die and that family member spirit had not so-called crossed over into the light and was stuck to them. Hmm. And so I tested their brain balance and they were way off. They were actually not even who they were. (laughs) They were backwards. And I was like, hmm, what's going on? So we do what we call muscle testing in the office and found out that uh, it was a family member who died that was still stuck to them. And once we removed that, you know, and blessed that person onto that soul, onto the light, uh, immediately the brain balance changed and it was perfectly normal. So some things you never know is going to come up. In in the the sixties and seventies and and later, uh, there was a phrase applied to women: "You've come a long way, baby," and you have certainly come a long way from your origins as a traditionally trained medical doctor. 
Um, was there, you, you had an illness and was it just seeking your own cure that kind of tipped you over the edge into looking at the whole body as a system, as a connected system? Yeah, that's a great question, too. I think even early on in my medical school career, um, I was one of the, I would say, probably eight out of 100 students that felt it was really important not to become those, quote unquote, cold hearted doctors that we saw on TV and in movies. I really want to be, you know, warm hearted and loving and compassionate. So from the very beginning, I really felt that the whole mental, emotional, um, spiritual balance was important, but had no idea what I was going to get into later in life. And I think that my illness was just a major push because I thought I was the most compassionate doctor I knew, but yet I had very little compassion for myself and had a lot of judgment of myself and even a lot of judgment of people with fibromyalgia because my mother had it. And and in the back of my mind, I really thought she just wasn't trying hard enough. You know, she wasn't exercising enough. She wasn't eating right. But when I got it, I thought, oh my gosh, I thought I was doing everything I was supposed to, but um, that was part of the problem, my mental outlook. Uh, and so it was such a blessing to have the illness because it really fast-tracked me into my own personal healing. And of course, I'm, I'm stubborn now. And now I've rephrased the critical word stubborn to tenacity. <laughs> <laughs> my great tenacity led me to you know one teaching and teacher and um, one training after another because that's what I love to do. I love to learn. So that helped me heal. And of course, immediately transferred that to my practice to help other people because that's kind of the personality I've always been. So both, you know, healing myself, but also I really needed a kick in the butt, you know, to, to create and my personal mission. You said something interesting that um, having compassion for everybody but yourself was a characteristic that you found. I remember um, uh, interviewing Anita Morjani, who wrote a book mm-hmm. called Dying to Be Me. And Love she that said book. that one of the main causes of cancer is not loving yourself enough. So that seems to be such a critical factor in having a a, a healthy body and a healthy mind. So true. How do you, how do you inculcate that in your patients? Well, I I use a couple of different tools in my office currently um, when people come see me for acupuncture. They actually get energy work in addition to the energy work of acupuncture. So when they first come in, we do an interview like we normally do in medicine, but then I use two tools uh, called the emotion code and the body code. And it's a way of using muscle testing to intuitively tap into the subconscious mind. And we can actually literally ask the subconscious mind, do you love yourself? And I will get a yes or a no answer. (laughs) (laughs) And it's amazing the belief work. In fact, I'm reading uh, some really great books by uh, the uh, the healer Vienna Stabal uh, on theta healing, and she has a whole list of all these different beliefs that she's found in people with various illnesses. You can literally muscle test 
each of these beliefs. And, you know, I love myself as one of those beliefs that so many of us don't have. And maybe we believe it on what she calls the core level, which is like our current reality. But maybe we didn't believe it in our genetic level. Maybe our ancestors had a belief that was not good or, you know, we don't love ourselves or maybe even the history level, which is like past lives or even on the soul level. So it's very interesting to see where along our path as a soul, uh, where we got these um, so-called negative beliefs, and then we can actually reverse and heal those. How absolutely fascinating and how particularly fascinating to hear this from a medical doctor. Do, do you think that you're part of a trend? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm probably... Let's hope so. <laughs> we'll we'll yeah, pursue this. We have to time. take a, a break just now, Karen. Okay. But we will be right back with Dr. Karen Khan. Stay with us. Bringing a more conscious lifestyle to your world. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. Do you want to be a better communicator? Do you want to better connect with the important people in your life? Do you want to enrich your relationships? If so, join me, Matthew Cooper, on the Positive Control System Show every Wednesday evening at 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Ohm Times Radio. I'll meet you there. Being a radio host on IOM FM allows you to build your show on a rich platform with the power of the Internet to fulfill your outreach goals and connect with a very specialized and global online audience, unlimited by time and distance. Ohm Times Radio will provide you with web relevance, a recognizable conscious brand, and with the standard of excellence that has accompanied every single Ohm Times endeavor. Host your show with Ohm Times Radio Network. Simone Millicis would like you to know that business can be fun, which is why she wrote the book, Joy of Business. What if you could have the joy of business rather than the stress and struggle? Most of the time, the only thing stopping you from a thriving business is you. In the Joy of Business book, Simone gives you access consciousness tools and pragmatic ways to get out of your own way and to create the business, life, and living you know is possible and beyond what this reality says is achievable. Business is joy. It's creation. It's generative. It can be the adventure of living. You can purchase your copy of the book through Amazon or Joy of Business website, www.accessjoyofbusiness.com. Hey ladies, do you want to have that good hair day feeling all the time? Gentlemen, would you want your special someone to have that glow letting you know she's feeling completely satisfied? This feeling and that glow can be yours by embracing your sexual power. So join me, Rachel Kenley, award-winning romance author, on The O-Spot. The O-Spot will guide you to that peak with guest interviews, book discussions, and conversations on the thrills of sexual empowerment. Put the zing back in your life. Come up and see me sometime on The O-Spot, live on Hump Day at 10 p.m. Eastern. Free your mind. Expand your soul. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. And we are back speaking with Dr. Karen Khan. Karen, just before the break, we were, I asked you if you think that this um, move towards a more holistic approach is a trend among doctors. And I had to cut you off because of the break. Um, you know, with, with modern medicine as it is, um, being... Uh, rather focused on purveying pharmaceutical drugs, 
Um, are you finding a kind of a kickback among your colleagues? Hmm. Um, well, I actually aren't I'm not actually in contact with a lot of the colleagues that I worked with from before, not because we're not in the same town, but because there's just a different path that we have. So I have new colleagues and friends, um, you know, many are what we call functional medical doctors, and I kind of see them as almost in between where I was and where I am. So -hmm. these are functional medicine doctors that realize that our chronic care system is really a sick care system and it's not very adequate. So they're really focused on nutrition and gut health and de-stressing and, um, and it's wonderful. And so there's a huge amount of uh, doctors that are now uh, embracing that. So they do specialized medical lab testing, um, hair analysis, blood testing. That's, you know, awesome. And then there's a few of us that are a little weirder and a little bit more, <laughs> you know, a, a little bit... Um, more out there uh-huh. where we've I've really totally encompassed the whole spiritual uh, aspect of healing. And so the functional medicine doctors aren't quite there yet. And maybe they won't ever be because they're not energy medicine specialists, but because I do acupuncture and Asian medicine, there's a lot of honor and respect with regards to the spiritual and energetic imbalances. So I'm like one you know step even outside of that. And so we're still few in numbers, but I think we'll just see more and more people are asking for it. More and more people are needing it. And some of these people that I see have tried everything, they say, and they've gone to all the specialists. They've gone to the Mayo Clinic. They've gone to Harvard. You know, they've gone to Mm -hmm. even, and I won't say the names, but even some of the top functional medicine doctors in the country and haven't, you know, gotten better. So when I see them, sometimes it's like, oh, wow, you know, you have this inherited trapped emotion right in your neck. And they're like, oh my gosh, I have had neck pain for the last 10 years. And I was like, well, that's really interesting. So we release the trapped emotion and voila, their neck pain goes down 50% immediately. Um, Things like that. And Mm -hmm. and it's so neat to, or, you know, the, the one kid that I had who he fell down at age two and, and his personality is just really chronically anxious. His mother didn't know what to do with him. He was always anxious, thinking he had a tumor or something. And come to find out, uh, using the body code, we found that at age two, um, when he had a very bad spill and had a head injury. And at that moment, there happened to be a female, older female ghost that latched onto him, probably trying to help, but she didn't know she wasn't helping. Um, and he had her in him ever since. Um, and after we released her into the light, he, his personality completely changed. He was relaxed. He was happy. His mother said, I have not seen him smile like this for years. Wow. wow. And that's what, that's what makes me come to work every day. I'm really <laughs> excited because it's so fun. It's so cool. Well, you know, you just have to walk down the supermarket uh, pharmaceutical aisles and see row upon row of pain relievers to to realize just how pervasive chronic pain is as a uh, an affliction. Um, what percent of chronic pain? I mean, are you able to categorize it that? Say fifty percent of pain comes from a physical source, and and how much comes in your practice or your experience from from the kind of uh, far out sources you were talking about? Oh well, I think 
sometimes what happens is whatever the person's specialty is, we tend to resonate a certain frequency and it's like a calling card. So that means the people that come to see me uh-huh. probably are more likely to have, you know, right. spiritual imbalances than say Dr. X down the road. Oh, particularly um, since they've been to everybody and then right. have, have not had results. Yeah. Right. And usually it's a combination of things that might start with an injury uh, or it, it may start with an emotional balance that it doesn't really turn up until they get older and there's so many imbalances and now they have a symptom. Now, according to Dr. Bradley Nelson, who's the creator of the Body Code and the Emotion Code, he says that in his many, many years of holistic chiropractic studies that 80% of everyone he sees in pain, it has an emotional basis, but sometimes you have to go through and realize, for example, I'll find somebody that has, say, EMF toxicity from, say, their cell phone or Wi-Fi, and we really can we, we can release some of that toxic energy from the body very easily. And after that, um, you know, occasionally the body will say, "No, I can't release it." And then we ask, "Why can't you release it?" And sometimes it's because of a trapped emotion. So sometimes it's layered underneath other imbalances before even say mold infections. Sometimes you know the mold infection just can't be cured, can't be cured, and we're, we ask, "Why is?" that. And, and there's, we find buried underneath that there's a bunch of trapped emotions that's preventing the person's immune system from getting rid of the mold infection. Mm-hmm. And I suppose there's like a, 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 the straw that broke the camel's back that mm-hmm. we have layers upon layers of, of environmental toxins, emotional toxins, and, and nutritional deficiencies that we're able to cope with and absorb um, particularly when we're young, but at a certain point, they all become too much for us and it just breaks down and you become hypersensitive to everything. That's right. A lot of people do come to me in their late 40s and 50s and now, unfortunately, even younger, uh, which tells us the state of our <laughs> our health globally. But they would come and say, I don't know what happened. I was doing perfectly well. And then suddenly... I got blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And in Asian medicine and Chinese medicine, we understand that there has to be a lot of energetic imbalances and a loss of chi or loss of energy long before people have chronic symptoms. So now that we can kind of preventatively figure out what people's chi or energy levels are. I measure that all the time energetically in the office. I don't use any equipment anymore. I used to use equipment for that. Um, I can actually tell how full their battery is and how balanced they are depending on what question I ask of their body. And we can tell way ahead of time when something is going to you know, go wrong. And so sometimes they're surprised that it might have happened 10 or 15 or 20 years ago, uh, mm-hmm. something that's causing the issue now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, your book is divided into sections that deal with the physical, uh, the mental, emotional, and the spiritual aspects of healing chronic pain. Can you give us some of the top tips uh, from each of these sections so our listeners who might be suffering from pain could benefit from them? Oh, absolutely. Um, now, the physical section is pretty big. Uh, I think it's probably because there's so much information out there. And I, what I try to do is take my experience, but also back it up with a lot of these other people that have done wonderful work in the area of natural and functional medicine. Um, the first thing in the book, though, I talk about is this whole brain balance. So in that chapter six, which, by the way, you know, people can get the first six chapters free on my website as a download, KarenCan.com. Oh, can you uh, spell that, Karen? Sure. It's www.karen, K-A-R-E-N, can, K-A-N, and as Nancy, dot com. 
and people can just put their name and email address in and uh, we'll send them the, the link to download the first six chapters. And also, um, we actually give you the, uh, the, um, special, it's a private link to five of my Fast Track Your Healing classes, which includes a class on muscle testing and includes uh, two classes, one on the emotion code and one on the body code, just so people can see what it's like to do a session like that, what kind of imbalances you know people can have. And I have a class on law of attraction too, which is really, uh, really popular. So you can actually learn how to uh, muscle test your own brain balance. It's easier to muscle test someone else, but you can practice muscle testing your own. So we have some free videos on that as well. Um, and in, in my book, there's actually, a, you can sign up for free extra training. We couldn't put everything in the book because some of it's video. <laughs> <laughs> so people can go and sign up for those extra trainings. And that's one of them. So I said, once you figured out what your brain balance is and you have some exercise to get balanced, um, we have a couple of, um, you know, tips on how to do that. Uh, my favorite one, there's, I have some yogic tips in there, um, some music, brain balancing music tips, some energetic uh, nutritional therapies. My favorite probably has to be um, one of these, I call it like the anti-stress patch. It's like, um, it uses uh, tiny crystalline um, uh, infrared you know, emitting crystals and it actually helps the body's nervous system calm down. So I actually use this patch every day. It's like an acupuncture patch and I put it on my body, it helps to relax and uh, calm the nervous system. And I devised my own brain balancing protocol using that. So I have very detailed instructions on how to do that. Hmm. How big is the patch? Uh, it's about a quarter, size of a quarter. Really? Um, and um, they have different patches for different things. But I have to say that one is called the the Eon patch, A-E-O-N, um, is probably my favorite. So I have several, you know, freebie uh, YouTube videos just talking about how mm -hmm. to use them and what I use them for. So that's one of my favorite tools. Um, as far as the um, the physical part, the nutrition, there's the nutrition part, the movement part, hydration. There's so many different things. But I think I think a lot of people are more open to like nutritionally what they can do. And so my big tip here is, um, even though people hate me for it, um, is is to say, hey, you know, if you have chronic pain, um, try, you know you know, laying off the grains and laying off the dairy. You know, I have three different stages of being able to shift your diet. And the first stage might be, let's just get rid of the sugar. You know, let's just mm -hmm. get rid of the soda and the junk food. And uh, all the way to the third stage, which is, okay, now I've eliminated grains. I've eliminated dairy. I've increased, you know, organic foods. I've increased healthy fats, that kind of thing. So I kind of outline the different stages. And yep. the emotion is really, uh, you know, a lot of different tools for releasing uh, emotions. So emotion code is my favorite now because I use it every day and it's so quick and easy. And, and is that what, like a tapping protocol? Uh, no, actually we use muscle testing in this chart that Dr. Bradley Nelson has created to figure out what the trapped motion is and where it's located in the body and exactly when you trapped it or if it's inherited. And then we just use a magnet actually to swipe down one of the acupuncture meridians and it just releases it poof, wow. right out of the energy body. Yeah, very, very that quick. That is totally fascinating. It's really cool. It's well, listen, listeners, code. you absolutely must get Dr. Khan's book. It's called A Guide to Healing Chronic Pain. A holistic approach, and her website is Doctor is Karen Khan. No, Doctor. Uh, no, just KarenKan.com. Okay. Karen Khan, K A R E N K A N dot com. 
Karen, Dr. Karen Kahn, thank you so much for being with us today. This has been a fascinating My conversation. Pleasure. And please stay with us because we will be right back after these messages with our final guest for the day. Feed your soul with waves of consciousness on Ohm Times Radio. Matt Connerton here. Join Jen Coffee and I twice a week for Matt Connerton Unleash, a political talk show that's a little different than what you're used to. No liberal or conservative agenda here, just an honest dialogue about truth and how things really work in the world of politics. Matt Connerton Unleash every Tuesday and Thursday night at 11 p.m. Eastern on Ohm Times Radio. Host your show on IOM FM, the radio network of Ohm Times Media one of the more recognized brand names in the conscious community and is backed by the extensive marketing reach of Ohm Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive, dedicated community. Have you ever wondered how to change your love paradigm? The secret key is finding a love partnership, not just a regular connection. How do you find these? Through conscious relationships. Ascending Hearts Dating is a dating site for people like you that believes in second chances and a different type of spiritual connection. Try Ascending Hearts for free today at AscendingHearts.com and change your love paradigm. Ascending Hearts, the premier dating community for the spiritually awake. Do you have time to read that inspiring book or that blog post you've been meaning to get to? In your busy world, how do you improve yourself and keep your life going? I'm Lisa Kay, and my Between Heaven and Earth radio show can transform your life just by listening. Be uplifted with inspiring topics, positive stories, and ideas that really work. Between Heaven and Earth radio is conscious living for your soul every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. The cutting edge of conscious radio, Ohm Times Radio, IOM FM. And we are back. I'm Miriam Knight speaking with our next guest, Dr. John Robinson. John is a clinical psychologist with a second doctorate in ministry. He's an ordained interfaith minister and the author of eight books on the psychology and spirituality of life's second half. His professional work focuses on midlife, men's issues, the nature of the mystical experience, the spirituality of aging, and the archetypal revelations of myth and fairy tale. His recent books include The Three Secrets of Aging, say that three times fast, What Aging Men Want, Bedtime Stories for Elders, and a forthcoming novel on the spiritual journey of aging called Breakthrough. Welcome, John. Well, thank you. It's a great pleasure to be here. Well, I'm delighted to have you. You know, getting to that age, <laughs> that certain age, uh, I think your your work has appealed to many different people. So um, tell us, why why did you start writing about aging? Well, as a psychologist and a minister and author, I've always been interested in, in uh, psychological growth and transformation. And But I'm also one more thing, and that is I'm somebody who's getting old. I can see it. I can feel it. I see the handwriting on the wall. You know, it says old guy. 
<laughs> and I can Can't we just say older? <laughs> older guy, elder person, whatever. <laughs> and I can feel, you know, as I think most people our age can, I don't know your age, my age can, uh, the changes that are taking place in my body and my psyche and my, and my spirit is so I've been immersed in a transformation I didn't expect so much about from a middle-aged, high-energy professional into, well, I don't know. It's still happening. It's still part of a process. So like many people, I'm experiencing a, an amazing metamorphosis, but I find it absolutely fascinating. Well, <laughs> so what uh, wisdom have you been extracting from this journey that you want to share? Oh, gosh, there's so much. You know, aging is not what you think and it's not what you're expecting. Um, you know, through all of recorded history, only one in 10 people ever got to be 65. So we have a, and, and their aging was very grim, very painful. You know, it was not a pleasant experience. Now in our current life, you know, nearly eight out of 10 people will, will come to 65. And if you get to be 65, you've got another, another 16 years for men and 19 for women. So what's really amazing here is we are in the midst of an entirely new developmental stage in the human life cycle. Brand new. We've never, I mean, one in 10 and they, they were miserable, but now eight in 10 are having an experience that is profoundly transforming. And the key here is to pay attention to it. Because if we stay locked in our old values and belief systems, we will live it the way it used to be lived. And that does not need to happen. Well, we really are um, on the threshold of a totally unknown paradigm for aging people because um, certainly in our lifetime, our experience in the West of aging has been, social security has been what our parents have. You you work, you get a pension, you, um, you know, you go to Florida and you die. Um, <laughs> but many of us are finding ourselves out of work. We're having to reinvent ourselves. Uh, we can no longer uh, rely on our pensions. Our 401ks have been decimated. So we may need to continue to work or to find sources of income. It's a totally different world. And on top of that, the world is changing so rapidly with, with the new technologies. I can imagine that there are stresses on older people that we've never seen before in history. Well, that that is surely true. And every day we are faced with new technologies that we don't understand and our kids are doing blindfolded. It's, it's kind of daunting. But one thing to realize is that this time of transformation, if you can begin to let go of who you used to be, the, the, the middle-aged person with identities and roles and purposes and, and goals and ambitions and make space for something new to happen, you will begin to get in touch with your own inner resources that you haven't had time to, to live from for decades. What happens is that the growth possibilities of this new time of life, if we let go of the old self, are incredible. The, the self blossoms with new interests and goals and inspirations so that if you have an open space, if you're going to change your occupation, or if you've been thrown into, into the sea of change, um, try not to be afraid but to trust the, all that dwells inside of you because it can be a growth opportunity of immense proportions. And then if you look at the spiritual possibilities of this time, it's even more extraordinary. For so many years, and particularly in the middle years, we believed that we were what we thought we were, that we are this identity with these goals and rules, and we had this mindset. 
as that fades away, especially with retirement, when that whole structure begins to collapse almost like a house of cards, we begin to get in touch with what's always been here, but we didn't have time to notice. And that is two things. One is consciousness. And we discover that consciousness, if we pay attention, we discover that consciousness is not what we thought because thinking interfered with our awareness of it. That consciousness actually is everywhere and that we are in it as much as it is in us and it is the consciousness of the universe, of the divine. So when we begin to experience that possibility, we are changed. And the other thing we begin to experience as we slow down and pay attention to our lives is that the world is already sacred. We knew it as young children. Then as we age and we let go of this frenetic, driven quality of life that we had to live, we discover that that the life around us, people, kids, grandchildren, friends, this life is infinitely beautiful and infinitely precious. And as we slide into this consciousness, the world takes on an entirely new kind of dimension of meaning and purpose and value. Well, on the one hand, we are being as we age, we're kind of channeled into sliding into that kind of consciousness. We have more leisure time to reflect upon it. But I have the sense that this same progression is happening at younger and younger ages because people are getting into their uh, 40s and looking around having made it and saying, okay, I have everything I'm supposed to. Why am I not happy? So there is this search for meaning and for self-fulfillment and really the sense that there has to be a reciprocal uh, um, relationship with the world around us. We have to be giving as much as we're taking. So my sense, and, and I want to know if it's your observation, both as a minister and as a, um, uh, a psychologist, um, my observation is that people really are coming, uh, becoming open to this more and more. Well, I think what you're talking about is really the, the midlife passage that moves us from the first half of life to the, to the dynamics of the second half of life. And it's at the midlife that we begin to ask all those big questions anyway. You know, I got all the toys I wanted or I was successful or, or I reached the top or I didn't reach the top, whatever it is, but it wasn't satisfying. It wasn't what I had wanted life to be. And so that we begin a whole search for a new kind of way of living. The second half of life is an entirely different psychology than the first half. Jung pointed this out a long time ago, and he said, if you live by the rules of the first half and the second half, you'll be doing irreparable damage to your soul. We really need to shift gears and begin to come from a more like transpersonal and loving and awakened life. Because if you keep on working for production and accomplishment and ambition and ego, you're going to dry up. You're going to lose the, 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 the vitality of life that is here to show you what you're, what you're all about. Mm. Now, you say uh, that there are three secrets to aging. What are they? They are initiation, transformation, and revelation. These are three powerful forces actually that begin to operate on us sequentially and if we we can override them if we want but if we pay attention to them they have the profound possibility of 
of bringing an entirely new vision to our lives. Initiation happens, well, let me give you the, read the secret to you. The secret says that the events and processes of aging, changing bodies, fading identities, losses of all shapes and sizes, represents an initiation into an entirely new dimension of life, a time of personal and spiritual growth unprecedented in human history. While aging may represent the end of our old life, it is also the beginning of a new one. So anything that, that I think most of us, as we get past 65 and, and in towards 70 and we begin to notice all these changes, something happens. It's either a big event or an accumulation of little events. And suddenly we get the feeling that everything has changed. It's all different now. So that it, whatever shocks you into realizing that you're in a new dimension of life, that is your initiation. It's an informal initiation. It's a spontaneous initiation. But nonetheless, it's a shock. I mean, mm. whether it's retirement or joint pain or senior discounts or new prescriptions <laughs> or that photograph you don't want to look at because you can't recognize that old person in the picture. <laughs> these are things that get your attention and and they are – you, they, 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 can, they show you that you've crossed the line into a new kind of life. The transformation part, transformation secret is this, and it's really extraordinary. It says that aging is enlightenment in slow motion. Mm. It begins spontaneously, naturally, subtly. As we wake up from the illusions of mind, we transition from personal identity into the consciousness of divinity giving birth to the enlightened elder. This is why our new longevity is so important because it gives us time to, to watch these changes, to experience them. It's transformation in all ways. The body is obviously being transformed. The self is being transformed as old identities go away and we, and we get back in touch with potentials that we may have forgotten for decades that we, want to, we need to live out now, new talents and goals and, and growth possibilities. And then the spiritual dimension where – we begin to to let to, to distrust our own thought processes as distracting. We begin to become more quiet and silent inside. We become more sensory and and we discover that there's a consciousness we've always been in that is itself a force. And as we let ourselves be affected by that force, we are further changed. And this is what the mystics have been talking about for eternity. It's just that in, in aging, it gives us an opportunity to do this both spontaneously and intentionally because it's happening anyway. It's, it's happening with us as we begin to, you know, we, there's a lot of subtle changes that happen in aging that, that bring us into this new dimension, whether it's forgetting names and dates because that stuff's not so important or it's our fading <laughs> identities or it's our slowing down. All there's, I listed about 15 or 20 of these in the book. Subtle changes that you go, oh my gosh, that's not Alzheimer's. That's a new kind of consciousness. This is a new way of being. <laughs> so the transformation. You said the magic word, a new consciousness. <laughs> now we have to take a break, but we will be right back very shortly with Dr. John Robinson. Stay with us. Best of holistic, spiritual, and conscious world. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. Hi, this is Angela Levesque, host of Entanglement Radio. Join me Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern for inspiring conversations with visionaries in spiritual science and conscious healing. 
Entanglement Radio, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern. Transcendent talk for the conscious mind. Host your show on IOM FM, the radio network of OM Times Media, one of the more recognized brand names in the conscious community, and is backed by the extensive marketing reach of OM Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive, dedicated community. Om Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organization, their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Om Times, co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. My name is Monica and I'm the host of Co-Creating Now. Give yourself an opportunity to connect with your all-knowing higher self and manifest joy, love and peace together every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern. Free your mind with Om Times Radio, IOM FM. And welcome back. I'm Miriam Knight speaking with Dr. John Robinson. John, um, what is a website where people can find out all about your books and your events? You can find me at johnrobinson.org, www.johnrobinson.org. Mm-hmm. And um, what was your latest book? I know you have a new book coming out. When is that? In September? It's coming out, I believe, in October. You can learn more about it at my website. It's a novel, actually, my first novel uh, about the possibilities of, of life's uh, third act. It's about a psychologist who takes on a client who begins to have rather profound mystical experiences, which puzzle the psychologist anyway, but then his own consciousness begins to change almost by contagion, and he begins an entirely new journey into the mysticism of aging and uh, living a life of the divine. So... Uh, it'll be out. It should be really interesting. Well, everybody, I actually have read that book because John asked me to do an early uh, review of it, and I can warmly recommend it. John, how how autobiographical was it? Oh, it's pretty. I read someplace that everybody's first novel is very autobiographical, and this is certainly very autobiographical of mine. Many of the things that that are experienced in the book, you know, the the vision quests, the surgery, the the life changes, were things I lived through and wanted to wanted to um, illustrate as ways of transforming possibilities rather than just you know problems to get over. I had that feeling because it just had such a sense of of um, vibrancy and, and verisimilitude. Now, you say that aging involves a series of tasks. What yes. are they and why are they important? There are a series of tasks. Any developmental stage has its tasks because we really need to accomplish things in order to gain the benefits of what we found. Uh, my, I, I came up with like, oh, 27 tasks, and my editor said, no, you can't put 27 tasks into a book. So I, <laughs> Editors I are so mean. <laughs> yeah, I reduced them down to 10, and, I can, and we can go over a few of them if we have time. Uh, the first one is releasing the identity and roles of the middle years. If we're going to undergo transformation, we've got to let go of who we used to be. It's okay to keep on working past 65 and 70 and 80 and, and onwards until you, until you die, 
But you might want to consider that if you've already been there, then if you know where you're going, you've already been there and it's not going to be different. There is work to be done in life. Life is a profoundly uh, transformational possibility. And so we have to let go of the, the life raft of identity to find out what else we're here for. So this, the next task would be discovering the language and the wisdom of the aging body. Of course, we're always trying to override our body's messages, but there, there, there are so many ways in which the body at this stage will tell us things we really need to know, like slow down, like make choices about, you know, do I want to really mow the backyard or do I want to uh, spend time with my grandchildren because I don't have the energy for both. And I think the body also knows how to age in a way that will teach us. We don't have to come from the head. The body has its own wisdom. Another task is to is learning to grieve and survive. Aging is about so many losses, you know, physical, emotional, personal. I mean, there are many things that we have to give up. When I finally had to move my mother into an assisted living program with her dementia, she had a very large house with tons and tons of of, of uh, books and and paintings and so forth. Then her life was reduced to one room, and yeah. this was this is what she had to give up. And this is what we're all heading for. So it's almost like a Zen retreat or a Buddhist retreat. We need to learn how to give up our attachments to things in order to discover what's behind things, what's in the world that we don't notice. So learning to grieve and survive, we have to lose people too. And, and the fact that we lose people and can keep on going and learn to love even more deeply is part of this growth process. Uh, another task is finding the hidden uh, meaning and value of change. You know, it's all about change. I mean, everything is changing as you age. So if you can't do what you used to do, well, maybe there's something new that you could do. Or for, if you have a friend who is critically ill maybe that's a the hidden value of that is maybe gives you time to spend more precious moments with that person and say the things you've never said there are so many every negative has a hidden positive inside it an opportunity for us to grow spiritually and so these are the kinds of challenges that we face as we go through aging another task very important task is life review and understanding Hmm. You, you know we won't we, this is an age where we need to like like um, mine the, the the our life experience for its wisdom. We went you know we went through so many experiences of life, love and loss and work and children and growing up. And if we can take the time to reflect on them, if we can take the time to tell our story to ourselves and to some other people, we discover oh my gosh I know I understand so much more now about what ha- happened because I have the wisdom of age. So this is a wonderful process of reviewing your life in order to acquire wisdom. Mm. Another one is the growing, the unfinished self, which I've talked about. I mean, I've got a friend who was a very well-known minister for many, many years. He loves horses now. He is, he spends every day out there with horses. He's, he is having a personal species to species relationship with his (laughs) horses and he loves it. It's really important to him. I have another friend who's gone, absolutely berserk on genealogy i mean he's finding literally 500 of his relatives on 23 and me and in ireland and all over and his life is so full because of that he never had time for that before so you'll discover in your aging experience things that you never had time for or never even expected to want to do and by gosh you're doing them and it's really exciting uh finding meaningful work we talk about, you know, giving back as we age and we talk about volunteering and so forth. But there's a, I want to make an important caution that 
people who are retiring often jump too quickly into the next thing without taking the time to dig deep in the, inside themselves and explore themselves and discover what they might want to do. Meaningful work is not necessarily gainful employment. It's not always service. It may be poetry. You know, it may be learning to play the flute. It may be uh, uh, tutoring a, a, a child in a public school. Whatever it is, it is something that you feel really spontaneously loving towards. I have a, I have a friend who, who talks about mentoring and, and about, about the, uh, caring as an elder, wise elder. He says, you have a tuning fork inside. And if what you're doing vibrates your fork, you know you're doing the right thing. And if what you're doing just makes you cranky, that's not the right thing, even if it looks really good on the outside. And so clarifying religious and spiritual beliefs is another task. You know, we're heading towards death. We're heading towards a, a profound transition. What does it mean to us? What are our beliefs? And many times we have beliefs about dying that are frightening or scary or that based on early kind of religious training that we never took a second look at. It's important for us to reconsider everything we do. And in fact, even to move to a space beyond belief, because in the consciousness that's here to us beyond, that's not filtered by belief, are answers to most of these questions. And they will be answers that will make us feel much more comfortable with the idea of moving on into the next world. John, what is your view of the next world? My view of the next world, uh, I have no doubt that life goes on. I know that I just have certain that what happens is that we, we let go of who we are in this body and this, and we are, we move through this tunnel that's been so well described. And the next thing happens. Every stage of life has had this process in it from becoming something and giving that up. And even if it was hard to give it up, the next thing is even more amazing. We do this on and on and on. I'm clear that I'll see all my relatives, but I'm also clear that, that there will be new tasks and new growth potentials as we become ever more divine and ever more awakened. I feel that when you make that mental switch in knowing in the depth of your being that life is an experience, um, but only a, a a temporary experience that our essential self continues, uh, what you called consciousness continues. Uh, it really totally shifts your perspective mm -hmm. and, and also your fear of death. I remember interviewing Deepak Chopra, who wrote a book about death and dying, specifically because his parents were facing that, um, transition phase and he wanted to give them a measure of comfort. That's lovely. Um, yeah, and, and, and they certainly didn't believe in the afterlife. Uh-huh. So um, what do you think is there like one or two tips that you can give our listeners for doing the most um, uh, fulfilling type of aging? Um well, I, I think taking time for yourself, not getting yourself booked up again. I'm always troubled when people say, gee, I'm busier now in my retirement than I was when I was at work. Well, that's not the way to do it. Uh, I think it's about slowing down and feeling yourself, uh, getting in touch with how you feel. I think journaling and, and um, 
getting involved in a, in an aging men or aging women's group, uh, joining different organizations like Saging International. These are all ways that we can so enrich ourselves by understanding the dynamics of aging. In the old days, we, we, there was very little understanding. You got old, you died. Now you get old and you have this huge smorgasbord of possibilities. You know, sample it, taste it, explore it. This is not your old, grim, historical, retire and die two years later kind of aging. You know, this new aging can change can change your life if you take time to understand and embrace it. And so I really would encourage you to do that, whatever way works for you. Thank you, John. We've been speaking with uh, Dr. John Robinson. His website is johnrobinson.org. And he is the author of many books, including the new one coming through in September, October, or November, uh, called Breakthrough. So be sure to keep an eye out for that. I'm sure it'll be full of as much wisdom as you've heard here today. Thank you so much for being with us, John. Such a pleasure. Thank you. And thank you, listeners, for joining us today. I invite you to visit our website, uh, New Consciousness Review on ncreview.com, where you can subscribe to our free content-packed multimedia magazine and explore our podcast archive. You can contact me through our website, ncreview.com, friend us on Facebook, ncreview, and tell your friends to listen in. I hope you'll join me next week to meet more rising stars of the new consciousness. Until then, shine brightly, dear friends, and shine your light in the world.